Thank you, Ashley. And thank you, Abby. Y'all are so sweet. And I really do love being a mentor's mom. I love being here with you all. Um, I loved my children. It was a joy. And in spite of the struggles, I remember, I have no idea why Allie thought that I got up joyfully in the morning. <laughs> Maybe I just, um, as they say, fake it till you make it, you know. But I'm glad that that's what they remember. Um, it's, it's really nice to have adult children because adult children then become your friends and your relationship changes. So I just want to encourage you when you're changing diapers or putting them to bed or getting that last glass of water, this won't last forever. <laughs> Pretty soon you'll be sharing coffee with them or just hanging out with them and it's a whole new world. It's wonderful. I hope you experience that with your families. But anyway, so Valentine's Day tomorrow. Love and gifts and chocolates and sweet little sentiments to express love. It can be the best day ever or the worst disappointment, right? <laughs> I've had both. I've had both, but um, you know, today I wanna to talk to you about friendship. It's been on my heart for a couple of years. It's just been stirring as something I wanted to share with all of you. And um, now's, now's a great time to share it, the day before Valentine's Day. If you all are readers, you might be familiar with C.S. Lewis. He said about the gift of friendship, and I call friendship a gift. The joy of friendship is the chief happiness of life. So who is here today? I'm just wondering, for the first time or if you've been coming for a long time, just because a friend invited you. Wow, that's awesome. That's great. So we're all looking for friends. And I'm so glad all of you are here. I'm glad you um, accepted the invitation and you came. And if, you, if today's your first time, I hope you leave with more friends than you had when you came in. So today we're going to have no Valentine fluff, no, you know, marshmallow talk. Uh, we're going to dig deep today in what does it mean to be a true friend, a real friend, an authentic friend. So I've provided some thoughtful questions for you at the table to take us a little deeper into the water than the shallowness of where we live in our busy lives. And I hope you'll... I hope you'll go with me on that. We all want friends, don't we? We want not the shallow, casual acquaintances that we might be used to, but we want really true friends who know us. As, as Ashley said, we've gotten to know one another. I knew Ashley when she was in the youth group with, with my son at that, that stage of life, but um, I didn't really know her. Since we started with MOPS, I've gotten to know Ashley. I've gotten to know Shannon. Because we, we joined together with others, of course, but we joined together to help plan and organize and, and make things happen. And you know what? That takes time. So the time that we spend together, side by side doing things, developed a friendship. And these are people now that I can truly confide in and people who have shared 
things with me. And they're not the only people in the room. I look around at dear friends, young, uh, mom's my age, where's my friend from high school? Trudy and I were sisters in high school. You know, it, friends have history, or they can start making history where they are. So it's, it's always a good time to um, develop friendships and be intentional about it. But it's not always simple, is it? If we're honest, we all have struggled at times. You're not alone. There's uh, the failed attempts, the rejections, the wounds, leading up to discouragement that might cause us to give up. There are our overextended schedules. We have hands full of toddlers without any adult conversations, and that can lead us to loneliness and even apathy. So, but I want to think, think with me. Perhaps our excuses are the biggest obstacles to friendships. That might be true, but I believe there is one greater. We may not have an understanding of what true friendships are or how God designed friendships. So think with me. Today we're going to get a fresh perspective on friendship and talk about the marks of true friendship, the obstacles we may face, and we're going to discover how to develop and cultivate deeper friendships. So I'd like to start at the beginning. God designed friendships. Friendship began with God. He extended his hand to humanity. He created man, and he said it's not good for man to be alone. So he created a woman, one who would come alongside him and help him. And what did God say? God said that was very good. So from the very beginning, there was friendship. I mean, it, it really even goes farther than that when he said, let us make man in our image. But I can't be here for two hours. I could be here for two, two days on this subject. It really is wonderful, but I, tr I will try, try to keep it concise. Anyway, so... There were man and woman in the garden, and God said that was very good. And so from the very beginning, he sought out their company. As they walked in the garden, he walked with them. And then even after sin entered the world and the perfect world was gone, God chose other people to be his friends throughout the ages. Consider Abraham and Moses. He spoke to them. He called them friends, and he gave them great responsibilities. He called them to extend the blessing to others, that great blessing of friendship, love, and care that he gave to them. He called them to bless others. And so here, this is where we see something of the nature and the goal of friendship. God gives to us so that we can give to others. So let's talk about some of the true characteristics of friendship. Let me see. I need your help. Show me some hands. What are some characteristics of true friendship that come to mind? Anybody? What? Honesty. Honesty. Vulnerability. Vulnerability. Loyalty. Good listener. Yes. Yes, yes. Y'all have read my notes. Really and truly, 
those are the five marks I wanted to share. <laughs> so we're on target. Um, I want to start, though, with affection. Affection's important. It, it draws you together. You like each other. But this is a brotherly affection or a bond between two people. A bond between two people. Close friends hold their friends in high esteem. They love each other. They comfort one another and they encourage one another. And that is where empathy comes along. They encourage one another. They're side by side. They experience the love of friendship. It's just as a sheer enjoyment. They have fun. Now this is not the same type of romantic physical affection that a man and wife share with one another. A man and a wife are ideally, as it started in the beginning, a man and wife are the highest form of friendship. And yes, they share this brotherly affection. They're friends. I mean, who do you want to hang out with? Your husband. You, um, you do things together that you don't do with other people. But this is not the same type of affection. Men and wife also share a physical affection, a, a different type of love, an erotic love. But brotherly affection is a very sweet thing. We've just, uh, it's, it's hit very true to home this week because many of us have lost a very dear friend suddenly. This man was a friend to all of us. And he was a dear friend. He was a dear friend to me. They, he and his wife were part of our small group for a long time. When he prayed, he prayed. He prayed me through uh, my, my year of cancer. I can still hear him in, the, in my home. Anyway, we lost a friend, and so we're sad. We're sad. We know, of course, we know he's in heaven. That's assured. But we're sad because we had brotherly affection for him, and we we cry tears, real tears. It's, it's been a hard week. But that's just because of the love God has given for friends. So there's a couple of ways to do friendship like this. You can be side by side, have shared experiences. You know, you can go out to a restaurant or a movie or whatever. You know, you might share bowling or not bowling. Probably nobody shares bowling anymore. <laughs> Where'd that come from? We share mops together. That's a side-by-side -side experience, uh, can be. We, we share what are some of the likes we share. We share uh, cycling or church. Our, our faith is a shared experience. What are some other things? Because I am blank. This microphone is, this microphone is not my friend. <laughs> I'd rather just come down and sit at the table with all of you, a big table. Hobbies, uh, whatever, you know, work. You might have friends at work, side by side. That's when you're doing something together. But there's also a deeper kind of friendship. This affection comes into play, and that's a face-to-face -face affection. It's a face-to-face -face friendship, and that's what we hope to have here at MOPS, where we're acquaintances, we share the season of motherhood, the good, the bad, the ugly, and we share the joys as well as the struggles. And we take time to, um, to talk face to face. That's one of the reasons we have questions and, and time at the table. So let's move on to another one, uh, constancy. 
Constancy is the quality of being faithful, dependable, and someone said loyal. Loyalty. A real friend will never give you up or let you down. He'll never turn away or desert you. Constant friends make the hard times easier, and they make the, easier the easy times better. The uh, Proverbs tell us, and Proverbs is a handbook on friends. If you want to dig a little deeper and know a little more about friendships, just go to the book of Proverbs. He tell, it tells us that a friend loves at all times. That means when? All times. Good, bad, routine, the daily of life. They're available anytime you need them, and they're sacrificial. If you need them, they'll give up what they're doing to come by your side. That's loyal, dependable. That's being constant in your life. So it makes, makes us wonder, does friendship entail responsibility? Well, it's not like marriage or family, is it? I mean, isn't it the one relationship without any obligation? Well, it's true, we enter voluntarily, but once we do, we've made a commitment. We expect something of one of another. We're expected to be loyal to our friends, just as we, in turn, expect them to be loyal to us. So there is real commitment in true friendships, and that's called a covenant. This is what separates it from our casual acquaintances. So let's contrast two kinds of friendships. Think with me about consumer friendship and what we call covenant friendship. Perhaps you've experienced one or the other, or both. A consumer friend stays with you as long as the benefits remain. She really doesn't want you. She only wants what you give or what you'll do for her. That's called a user. In contrast, a committed or a covenant friend does not use her friend. Instead, the opposite. She serves her friend. She helps her friend. She gives to her friend rather than she they takes. Covenant friends deeply enjoy each other. They stick together through suffering, sharing, and carrying burdens that are too heavy to bear alone. Have you had the experience of one or both of those? Yeah. I think we all have. Somebody said transparency, didn't you say? Uh, openness, vulnerability. Yes, those are all wrapped up in the same concept. So important, it requires honesty. But don't we, if we think about it, if we're honest, don't we also know how to be honest without being fully open? Well, real friends don't just know the truth about each other. They know the whole truth. We open the door of our heart just a little to our friends. And when we don't, a real friend will come and gently knock on that door because they care enough to see what's inside. They care enough to see how we're really doing. Every one of us needs at least one person 
who knows us this well and cares about us this much. And every one of us needs to be that one person, that one friend who will gently knock on the door of your friend's heart because you care more about her well-being than you do about your own risk of rejection. True friends walk in the light together. We don't hide from one another. We don't hide secrets from one another. True friends are open, forgiving, and accepting. And this is real friendship. Shannon has become my real friend. I mean, I look around. I could, I could talk to all of you. But because we didn't even know each other four years ago, didn't even know each other, what came from totally different backgrounds, totally different age groups, totally different thoughts in many areas, but because we were paired together at MOPS, and I think there's no, there are no accidents. God has a purpose in everything. When I look at each table, there's a purpose for the one sitting next to you and around you. Um, so anyway, we were intentional, and we would take time and we would meet together and we would begin to get to know each other and it was purposeful and it grew into a beautiful friendship a friendship of transparency and honesty and real care and I appreciate that so along with honesty comes a word called candor candor is um, I can't see a clock from here y'all uh-oh, we might be in trouble. <laughs> okay. Candor is truth-telling. True friends speak with straightforward honesty. We speak clearly, but we also speak gently. I have friends here who will tell me the truth, <laughs> Darlene, when I need to hear it, and tell it honestly and gently and in love. And we can trust that because we know when it comes from a friend, it comes from love. It comes from care. And sometimes when, that, and it's only when necessary, we need to hear hard words. We need correction sometimes, don't we? We're the last person to see our own sin. That's always true. Usually it's our spouse who can spot it right away. And they're not, uh, not too um, hesitant to tell us about it. <laughs> But anyway, we need help to see ourselves clearly. And a good friend loves us enough to do it kindly. A true friend cares more about what I need from her than what I may think about her. Sometimes I know in my life, it's, it's been hard for me to speak clearly and bring a word of, um, that's hard or might be hurtful or might need to confront my friend in some way and um, I'm, I'm still working on that that's a work in progress not there yet but when we withhold it's said that when we withhold hard truths it's like hiding medicine from a sick friend so let's not withhold let's find a way to love our friends even in hard words trust don't we all agree trust is a mark of true friendship, and of all the marks we've talked about, 
To me, this is the most important. It's the foundation of all friendships. It's the foundation of a good marriage. So it's the foundation of good friendship. It's a good, it's the foundation of faith, trust. True friends keep confidences. Let me repeat that. <laughs> True friends keep confidences. We learn the value of trust when it's not there. A good example comes from the book of Proverbs. One of the characters is called the, the Whisperer. It reads, a dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer separates close friends. The whisperer shares information, whether it's true or false, irrelevant or important, but a whisperer shares information that should stay hidden. Pure and simple, this is gossip. We know it by another name. This is gossip. Gossip not only destroys trust, but it destroys friendships. It's the opposite of love. If you suspect that someone may talk about you behind your back, what happens? You won't share anything with them anymore, will you? You won't open up. You'll be suspicious of your friend. And you'll worry about whoever else may have heard the gossip about you, whether it's true or not. When distress, distrust enters a relationship, you may re remain friendly, but you cannot remain real friends. And I know this from experience. Um, I'm sure not only one, but one, one, has, one comes to mind of um, within a group of women who, uh, I don't know, I, I, to this day, I don't know how it started, but started uh, talking about me behind my back and, and bringing other women into it. And pretty soon an, an incident blew up and I knew others were talking about me because it was, it was very large. But I never knew who started it, and it was very hurtful. The words were very, very hurtful and, and um, not true. I never knew who started it, and I never knew the breadth or the, of how many people knew it or how they knew it or what they thought, whether they believed it or not. And that, that to me, was very, very hurtful. Um, and I'll be honest with you, this was years ago, and I didn't have the confidence or the um, bravery to take the risk and confront this person um, or others. And I, I regret that to this day because it truly did erode friendship. But one beautiful thing happened out of it, which is a treasure. One of the women who... who actually told me what was going on, one of the women came to me and told me, look, this is what's happening. And I got into it, but I'm so sorry. I, I, you know, I love you. Please forgive me. And to this day, we are the dearest, dearest of friends. So regret from a mentor mom of experience. If you find yourself in that experience, 
don't, don't worry about it. Don't talk about, about it. Go to that person that you think is the source or go to whoever you, you think might, might be listening. Go to them and talk to them. That's the best way to, to um, handle conflicts in relationships. They will come up. They will come up. So my rule of thumb is always talk to a person, not about them. So a true friend will guard her friend's confidences in the same way that she would like to be guarded. Are you all getting the theme? It's, it's love one another as I have loved you. So friends love each other, and that's what they receive. We want to love in the same way we want to be loved. So if, that's, if those are true friends, our building blocks of friendship, what makes deep friendships so challenging today? Do you find them to be challenging sometimes? There's a few little things. Y'all tell me what time it is. I don't, I don't know. Okay, 10.35. Okay. So I don't want to skip this. It affects all of us. There are, there are a few that make deep, deep friendships challenging today. We're busy, right? Busyness crowds out friendships from our life in every season, from toddlers to teens to adults, you know, adults without kids. We're babysitting or we're involved or whatever. We have demanding schedules and responsibilities, nothing left, not even time to sleep. So how do we find out, how do we take time to go have coffee with a friend or go have lunch or just go hang out? It's, um, it, it's hard. It needs to be intentional. Just take the time. You won't regret it. We always make time for what we value. And if we value friendship, we will find a way. And just, if it's really overwhelming to you, just start with baby steps. The opposite of that, um, that card is that we're, if we're so busy, we're telling everybody else we're too busy for them. They have a per perception of us that we're unapproachable and we don't have any room for them. So let's try to be mindful of that, not be so busy all the time and intentionally draw out some friendships. You'll, you'll be so happy you did. Technology affects the way we communicate with one another, and that's another big obstacle. Or, I'm not here to um, uh, slam Facebook or, you know, Instagram or, you know, the, the phone, the iPhone that we all have in front of us all the time. I'm not here to slam it because it is great. It's great for keeping up. It's great for making contacts. It's great for scheduling time together. And it's great for keeping in contact with friends just to say, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying about you. Several people pray, sent that to me this morning. And it's just really, I really appreciated it. We're praying for a young mom who's uh, having an ultrasound for a high-risk preg pregnancy texted her early this morning and say, we're praying for you today. Those things mean a lot. So I think that's fantastic. Um, when your friends move away, you can stay in touch. So it's a great tool. But let's not let, let me have, think how to say this. Let's use this tool of technology that we have for the best good. Let's not let technology 
take over our lives. There's the rub. It's shallow, or it can be shallow. And we can um, neglect deeper ways to stay in face, to, to meet face to face. We can think we have friends. I, I, how many friends do you have on Facebook? But how many friends do you really know on a day-to-day or face-to-face or deep heart-to-heart um, relationship? It makes, uh, we're connected to more people, but it's very superficial. There's another way that we need to be uh, careful of. It disengages us. We connect with people through technology, but let's face it, we are disconnected with the others who are sitting right next to us. How many of us have sat down at a table, a dinner table, a, a meeting, a table like this, uh, um, you know, anything, and we're all like this, and we all are connecting with friends, but there's someone right next to you, someone right next to you who needs to talk to you. So be mindful of that, especially with kids. I remember one of our speakers years ago, um, she talked about her kids, and she had to put the phone down because her two-year-old grabbed her face and said, Mommy, no phone. So from then on, she, she decided 3 o'clock, I'm putting the phone down from 3 till they're in bed, and then she can catch up after that. But her focus was devoted on her kids. So just throwing that out there. The, the other thing you might not be aware of is uh, communication over the um, internet or, you know, by phone or whatever, Facebook or uh, Instagram, it disembodies relationships. Now, that's, that's a word that means human communication by words is really only 7%. But 38% of what we receive from a person is their tone of voice, and 55% is their body language. And you might wonder where I got these statistics. I got these from my husband, who is a sales trainer. And he's got books and books and books on how to teach people how to communicate. So we miss when we're texting or whatever, and that's the only form of communication, we're missing out on eye-to-eye contact. We're missing out on body language, smiling, tone of voice. And those things are, are just not only good, but they're necessary to build heart-to-heart relationships. The other thing, and this is the thing that really hits home for me, is that we live in a society where we're moving around all the time. Yes, I have four children, and I have ten grandchildren. I would really love to hug, or I would really love to babysit. But no, they're all around the world. And that's okay, because, you know, a long time ago, I settled that with God. It's more important. They're all married. They all have beautiful marriages. They all have beautiful children. They have happy families. And it's more important to me that they are where God wants them to be, and they are together, than my desire for, um, you know, because I just want to hold my grandbabies. But... So I just say that that this happens. Your best friends will move away. Two of my best friends moved away years ago. 
So we have to find different ways to, to contact. And we, uh, it takes time to build a relationship. So if you're only in a place a short time, it's hard. It's harder. You've got to make more of an effort. One of my daughters-in-law, who's a military wife, purposely, the minute they get, they just got back from Japan and now they're in St. Louis, she purposely um, goes after friends because she knows her time in St. Louis is only going to be four years. I have to find friends. I have to find friends for my kids. And there's, I don't want to waste any time. Otherwise, she'll miss out. And I admire that. I think if we all had that urgency, because we never really know how long we're going to have. We never know what life is going to bring us. So if we have that urgency that uh, we're, we're ready to start building deep friendships like a garden. You've got to dig up the soil, and then you plant the seeds, then you water it, you tend it, and then it grows thick and lush and beautiful. So don't waste time. So um, have you ever thought of marriage as the first and most important uh, form of friendship? It, after our friendship with Jesus, I want to remind you, ladies, from your mentor mom, if I can stress anything most important, your friendship with Jesus comes first. Your friendship with your husband comes second. There's family. Then there are a few deep friendships. Cherish them. Then there are a lot of acquaintances and people in our lives. But remember your priorities. You can't do it all. We're not meant to have deep friendships with everybody. Your marriage is a precious gift from God. It is the one, the one most important relationship that we need to cherish and we need to nurture. It takes, it takes time to get to know one another. But after all, who knows you more deeply, for good or for bad? <laughs> who loves you more fully in spite of that? Emotionally, physically, forgiving, accepting, loving you, forgetting the bad things, and moving on and cherishing the good. Who's committed to you for a lifetime? Your husband. So guard your marriage friendship with your husband. Place him above all others. He's your first priority. Be open, be honest, and always be worthy of his trust. The um, Proverbs 31, which is a beautiful picture of a godly woman, says the heart of her husband trusts in her. That is um, something for us to, um, to cherish, to treasure. Don't be tempted to gossip about him to someone else. If there are issues, talk to him, not about him. Don't go to your friend. Don't call your friend first. Don't be tempted. It's much easier but, um, sometimes, but, but don't. Honor him and talk to him. That doesn't mean you may not want to seek counsel if you're having issues you want to talk through. But seek counsel from someone who's wise 
not just to vent and draw sympathy. Because sometimes, if we're honest, isn't that what we do to our friends? Don't we kind of, we know the ones that we can call who will sympathize with us and pat our hands and say, oh, you poor thing, I don't know how you stand it. But we also have friends who will say, who will just empathize with us, sit with us, listen, see the world through our eyes, understand and say, okay, I'll be praying for you. How can I help? Let's pray together. You know, this is, this is the way God would have us to do this and just support you in a way that would point you back in the right direction. So... The ingredients of true friendships are not guarantees. You might have them all and still lack one friend. This is because friendship's mutual. It takes two. When one, friend, one person reaches out to another and invites her to be a friend, if the person doesn't want to accept the invitation, that's the end of it. If she doesn't share, it just won't happen. So... Um, I'm so glad when I look at every single one of you, you've accepted the invitation to MOPS. You've accepted an invitation to get to know other moms better and to get to know God better. That's one of the purposes of MOPS that keeps me committed. That's one of the reasons I love MOPS. True friendship begins with God and ends with him also. He's loved us from the beginning and Jesus will love us from the end, will love us to the end. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't read that. He's loved us from the beginning, and Jesus will love, to, love us to the end because he loved us before the beginning. And on, um, when he spoke to his disciples on the last night before he gave his life so that we could be forgiven and we could enjoy fully life with the Lord as, as he intended. Jesus looked at his disciples and said, I call you friends. I have called you friends. You didn't choose me, but I chose you. And he, he, he has befriended us with affection. His love for us is just like a true friend. It's constant. It's covenantal. He's the truest, the best, the ultimate friend. When we open up ourselves to him in trust he will love us forever he will forgive us he will accept us he knows he knows our our best he knows our worst and i appreciate the the devotion that abby uh shared with us he is our loving father and he is our true friend he's reaching out to you if you haven't thought about jesus as friend He's reaching out to you today to think about him like that, to call, call him your friend. So I encourage you to open the door of your heart when he knocks. Receive his love and make him the friend that your heart truly desires above all others. So I want to pray for all of us today. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Um, I just want to thank you if you'll just join me in prayer. Lord God, who loved us from the beginning, thank you for all of my friends here today. 
Bless them with your nearness and your loving kindness today. I pray they know your friendship and the friendship of others in a deeper way in the days to come. I pray that as they draw near to you every day to learn more of you, they will grow in a, a deeper love with you that uh, is so rich and satisfying and better than anything they could ever ask and imagine or imagine. Help them, Lord. Help each one of us, Lord, to love others, to love the others in our life, our husbands, our family, our children, our friends. Help them to love, help us to love others in the way that you have loved us. And I pray this in Jesus' precious and beautiful name. Amen.